there is a, a seaside town near us uh, prides itself to be the city of light. Every year at the beginning of December, the whole town is decorated and covered with Christmas lights. After sunset, you see this great contrast as you come through the motorway entering into the town from total darkness into wonderful Christmas lights. And the lights started at the entrance of the town and it increased in intensity until you reach the town center. And there you see magnificent light display. The whole town hall is covered with light. Uh, the church near the town hall and its tower uh, is, uh, is covered, is clothed with, with different colors, the green, the red, the yellow. And uh, uh, not just only that, but all the boats in the port are decorated as well, uh, from the mast to the bottom. And it is a wonderful, wonderful picture to see. Really, people from all the south, they come to visit this town and to uh, uh, watch that light in the midst of the darkness, as if you are in midday light. The trees, are, uh, especially the palm trees, are covered uh, with, uh, with green and yellow uh, lights as well. And uh, people take selfie. Uh, try to record that occasion, but uh, it doesn't uh, do justice. This picture uh, I told you about, it, it ex in some sense uh, reflects that uh, contrast between chapter 8 and chapter 9 in the prophecy of Isaiah. This morning I would like to go through uh, these verses that are well known uh, to us, we have heard them on Friday night, uh, we have meditated upon them several times, but uh, I guess, uh, as uh, the hymn writer said, tell me the old, old story again, to encourage ourselves with these. Um, well, uh, Isaiah uh, is one of the great prophets in the Old Testament. His name means Jehovah is salvation. Uh, he prophesied during the later part of the 8th century until mid-7th century BC. He served under the reign of four kings, a well-known uh, prophet in his time, and uh, the most quoted uh, prophet in the New Testament uh, about uh, uh, the work of and the person of Christ. And uh, he prophesied or he served in a very uh, difficult time. Um, a time was marked with uncertainty. It's like our days. Uh, if, for those who say that the Bible is an ancient book, when listen to this, they will find that it actually speaks to our day. Today, I'd like to share with you from these seven verses that I read to you, uh, three different headings. Verses 1 and 2, as we go through them, uh, gracious illumination. Verses 3 to 5, great increase. Verses 6 to 7, 
glorious identity. So let's look at verse 1 and 2, gracious illumination. The prophet Isaiah starts his chapter by a wonderful word, nevertheless. Nevertheless, in spite of. In spite of what? In spite of the dark condition of the nation. There are utterly darkness. As we look at chapter 1, verses 21 to 23, we see social injustice. Here is the word of, uh, of Isaiah. It was about the city. He said, it was full of justice, righteousness lodged in it. But now murderers, your silver has become dross, your wine mixed with water. Your princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loves bribes and followers and follows after rewards. They do not defend the fatherless, nor does the cause of the widow come before them. Social injustice. Worst, a crisis in leadership. There was no wise leadership in the whole of the country. There was no respect of the youth to the elderly. There was no respect for the authorities. There was no uh, discernment in the leadership itself. What are the requirements to be a leader? These are the requirements. In chapter 3, verse 6, when a man takes hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, you have clothing, you be our ruler. You let those ruins be under your power. And that day he will protest, saying, I cannot cure your ills. The only requirement, the only quality for a person to become a leader in those days was someone who has a coat or a cloak. Crisis in leadership. Worst yet, there was no respect of God. There was no fear of God or even seeking after God. I, Isaiah went to King Ahaz and said to him, Look, you are in difficulties and God will defend the city. Don't panic. Don't worry. Ahaz refused. Isaiah said to him, you demand any sign and God will give it to you so that you will be assured that he is with us. Ahaz, Ahaz refused. Yet in chapter 8, we see God's description of the people saying, verses 19 to 21, And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whispers and mutter, should not... A people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living, to the law and to the testimony? If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Utter darkness. People rejected God, the living Savior of them. They forgot the history of his kind dealings with them. And they started to go after other gods and after mediums and wizards and so on. A few years ago, we took a short trip from France to Barcelona in Spain. 
and uh, in the evening, it was summertime, very hot, we thought we will go for a walk around the seaside. And I was really uh, disturbed by what I saw. In the darkness of that road, you see lots of tables with little lights there. And there you will have people who read the palm, uh, fortune tellers, uh, card readers, and all kind of wickedness in these things. The picture is dark. And you still, in the news from time to time, you hear about those who are seeking supernatural understanding from unauthorized sources. Yet, we thank God for this word, nevertheless. For after 700 years of waiting, the Lord Jesus Christ came with that astonishing proclamation. In Gospel John chapter 8, he said this, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Gracious illumination, gracious light came to those who are in darkness. Matthew, as you uh, are well aware, uh, quotes directly from the prophecy of Isaiah in chapter 4. For he says that, uh, now then, uh, when Jesus heard that uh, John had been put to prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zabulon and Naphtali, that is, um, might be fulfilled, which was spoken by, the, by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zabulon and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen great light. And upon those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, light has dawned. Zabulon and Naphtali. What are these? These are two tribes of the tribes of Israel composing uh, 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 the two kingdoms, as you remember the history uh, of Israel. Uh, you have the southern kingdom of Judah and Benjamin, and then the ten, the ten tribes uh, they are composing uh, the northern kingdom, Israel. Zabulon and Naphtali were in the northern kingdom, and they were despised. As we read in verse 1, uh, that uh, they were slightly uh, um, oppressed because they took alliance with the king of Syria against their own brothers in the south. Yet they were devastated because they did not heed to the word of God by the uh, Assyrian when they came and uh, dethroned Israel in 722 BC. And uh, the Jews of the south really despised those who are in the north. Galilee of the Gentiles, they called them. Yet... When we read the history and the biography of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, though he was born in Bethlehem, Judea, yet he resided in Nazareth, in Galilee. As we read in, in Matthew here, he made uh, Capernaum to be his headquarters, his base. From there he was operating. The first disciples he chose were Galileans. The first miracle he performed in Cana 
in Galilee, those who were in utter darkness have seen the graciousness of God as he lightened their, uh, their, their, their lives. From misery, from despise, to those who are having the light. Uh, in, uh, moved by the Spirit, the prophet uh, and the king David in Psalm 8, he wrote uh, with inspiration, wondering, how could this be? So he wrote and said this, What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? Do we take time to thank God for the gift of salvation, for that wonderful grace that has given to us? As Christian today, let me challenge you. Do we reflect Christ's light in our uh, lives to those who are around us? through our testimony, our word, or our deeds or actions. Those who are rubbing shoulder with in workplace, among the neighbors, in the classroom, uh, everywhere we go, the shopkeepers, and so on. And let me also, before we moved from here, ask that question, has Christ shined upon your heart by faith? Did you realize that you are utterly ruined without him and that you are living in darkness? Spiritually, you cannot see the light until you come to him. He's the only one who can forgive sin. He's the only one who would receive you if you come to him, seeking him. Jesus Christ is the light that will remove the rebellious uh, of uh, of, uh, of your heart. Peter, in the book of Acts, wrote these words, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This is the light of the world. This is a gracious illumination that come to us in verses 1 and 2. We move to verses 3 to 5. The great increase as a result of the coming of the light in the fullness of time. There is gladness and joy and peace. Here the, the prophet Isaiah speaks directly to God by saying to him, you will increase the nation. You will do wonderful things for them. You will multiply them and increase their joy. And he's giving pictures about how is that joy in their time has been manifested, as if uh, someone, some, the, the army is coming back with the spoils, as if the people are rejoicing about a wonderful harvest, uh, and also that the wars has, will be ceased. And here he is talking to the God the Father about God the Son. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because they have received the light. They have embraced the light. They have believed in him. They have repented from their own sins. They have turned aside. They have did what we call it the 108 U-turn. 180 U-turn. They followed Christ. It's like Matthew. Remember the story of Matthew, the tax collector. Upon Jesus' call upon him, he left everything and followed him. Zacchaeus. Jesus said to him, I will come to you. At the end of the banquet he made for Jesus, he said, I repent. I give four times what I have taken unrighteously. 
And here, the early church experienced that fulfillment of the multiplication and the increase of the remnant. So we read in chapter 2 in the book of Acts that every day God was adding to the church those whom he saved. There is joy. There is gladness. Don't we feel glad when we come together as a people of God to worship him together? Don't we feel the joy when when we have time to shake hands with one another in the near future, God willing. And we give a hug to say we missed you, uh, to say that it's lovely to be together, to say that as the disciples uh, uh, on the road of Emmaus, Emmaus, as they walk together with the Lord Jesus, aren't our hearts are, are warmed, burning within us as we listen to that preaching of God's word. There is a joy in the light. Uh, again, David, uh, uh, by the Spirit, says this truth. You will show me the path of life about God. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. But notice the nature of these verbs. People do not save themselves. People do not multiply themselves. The nation cannot do that by itself. It is the act of the gracious God to his people. He is the one who will change us. He's the one who will multiply us. He's the one who will bring the joy and the peace to everyone who receives the light. And if there, if there, is, if there was any hope for Galilee of the Gentiles, there is hope for each and every one of us here today. There are blessings to everyone who receives the light. Charles Wesley, moved by this astonishment of God's love and the death of Christ on his behalf, to write this wonderful hymn, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray, I woke, and the dungeon filled with light. My chain fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Do you remember the time when the Lord touched your heart and opened your heart uh, to receive the light? Do you remember the day when you have committed your life to the Lord Jesus and the joy you started to feel? A few years back, I was in North Africa in a training event, and I met one of the locals who was really de depressed and disturbed because his local dis religion was not satisfying him. And he said, at last I managed to find someone who is a Christian. Could you tell me about your Christian faith? Uh, for four days, every morning, uh, seven o'clock he will come to my hotel room, and we have breakfast together, and we did discussion. Late at night, between 8 and midnight, he will come again. And then after the four days, I noticed a change in him. So I asked him, I said, uh, what's happening? He said, you know, for the first time in many months, I could sleep peacefully as a baby. I said, what happened? He said, oh, he came to me and he removed my sins and the burden on my shoulders. Do you remember that time? Do you remember that joy? Maybe a long time ago, but it is always there. We need to go back 
and we remember God's work and the joy he has given us. Um, do you remember your first love for him and the zeal you had to serve him and to serve his people? Is the joy of the Lord is your strength. Remember in the story of uh, the Christmas, the uh, shepherd, uh, after they heard the uh, choir from heaven singing, they went to, ex to explore the, what was told of them, and they went to the manger. Uh, they did not hide their testimony after that. They went about spreading the news. They went about praising God, glorifying his name. We have seen uh, that nevertheless, in spite of our sins and the darkness that the nations uh, live in, that God has promised that the light will come. And the light has come in the person of Jesus Christ. The prophecy has been fulfilled. He removed darkness and he replaced it by his light. And as a result, we see an increase in God's followers and in God's people. There is a joy, there is a blessings. And that would lead us to the third point, the glorious identity, the glorious identity, verses six and seven. Somebody may come to me and say, well, look, that's your personal interpretation. Uh, everything you said, it's, it's, it's okay, but uh, I don't see it this way. I will say to him, okay. Let's look at what Isaiah adds after that. Let's see what God has revealed to Isaiah the prophet to write. Isaiah didn't know what he was writing. He did not fully understand that mystery. Look at the details. He's giving him a specific details about the light, the nature of it, and the name of it, and its identity, and his identity, sorry. So what we see here in verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born. And to us a son is giving, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And uh, the second part, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The first part of the verse gives us uh, uh, something about the identity uh, of, uh, of, uh, of the light. This is not parallelism as we see in many of the Psalms. Uh, David would uh, say one line and then he would repeat the second line in various forms or various vocabulary. This is a very specific description. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is giving. Uh, this, uh, this identity is about a person, about a person, a child will be born. He has uh, human nature to experience every human experience yet without sin. We cannot uh, come to him and we say like we do from time to time, oh, but you don't understand. Oh, you have not experienced this situation I am in. Look, at the place where Jesus was born. He was not born in a five-star hospital as princes, uh, but he was born in a stable. His bed was a feeding trough. He had the first-hand experience of being persecuted, uh, uh, pursued to be killed. Uh, he experienced how to be a refugee in, in a different uh, uh, land in Egypt. 
He knew what does it mean to be the older brother uh, to his siblings. He understood the responsibility and took it seriously of working in his father's workshop. He experienced hunger, thirst, tiredness, pain of losing loved ones. He experienced betrayal of a very close disciple. The book of Hebrew and the writer of the Hebrews uh, writing uh, in chapter 2 and saying, Inasmuch then, uh, as much then as the children have partaking of flesh and blood, he that is Jesus uh, himself likewise shared in the same. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make a propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. That is our Lord and Savior. This child, born child, is also the gift of God. He is the eternal Son of God. He is the one who was with God in eternity past. You may say, but how could that be? How could be if his birth was there we celebrate 2,000 years? Well, in 1992, I came for the first time to visit the UK. In 1992, when I entered the British uh, airport in Heathrow, uh, I submitted my passport and I had a stamp. And this stamp on my passport detailed the date in which I entered the UK. This was not my beginning, for I existed a few years before that. But uh, this was the date that marked my entrance to the United Kingdom. In the same way, the Lord Jesus Christ existed from eternity past. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. And 2,000 years ago, he entered into our land. And therefore, he is as much God as God is God. And he is as much man as man is man. Why did he have to come in this way? Well, we need a perfect human to atone for our sins. For we all have sinned. We all have done something wrong. We all needed someone to redeem us and to uh, pay for our debts, for our uh, sins that we have committed, either in thoughts or in words or in deeds. The only person who has not committed a sin, he was sinless, is the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need a human to atone for the human race. But in the same time, we need God to be able to atone for the whole of the human race, race's sin. This is why Jesus had to come to our world to live in the midst of us. And everyone who believed in him would, would be saved. Is this your position? Are you saved from your sins? Has the dungeon, your dungeon, been filled with light? Has your chain been broken off? Well, Jesus Christ is able to do that. And just in case, if there is any 
misunderstanding about, about the, the nature and the, the identity of that Savior, Isaiah comes back to add four or five different names. We need five different sermons, and the time is running away. So I will summarize these. He is a wonderful counselor. He is tender. He knows how to treat those who are weak and vulnerable, those who are uh, 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 injured, those who are struggling, those who are lonely. He is a wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is the one that we must respect that we must adore, that we must praise his name. He is the one that we worship him. He is eternal father, or perhaps better translation to say father of eternity. What it meant by this is he is from eternity past to eternity to come to the future. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the prince of peace. He is the one who can give us peace with God by taking away our sins. He is also the one who can give us peace within every time we have uh, difficulties and struggle. One of the commentators uh, summed it up like this. He said, as a counselor, he leads us in his victory. As God, he satisfies our lives with goodness. As the father of eternity, he will offer us promises fixed and sure and as a prince of peace he is able to vanquish every uh, worries within our hearts no wonder that the angels uh, sang glory to god in the highest and an, an, and on earth peace good will towards men then isaiah concluded his his prophecy by saying this is the seal of God. This is the stamp of God that he will accomplish this. For he said, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Is not that what God himself said in Psalm 89 verse 34? My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. That is our gracious God. Just to conclude and to give one or two application. Let me ask again, have you received the light of Christ in your life? It's not just only celebration of a Christmas tree or presents underneath or being with family and friends. Have you received the light of Christ in your life? Have you received him as your personal savior? And if the answer is no, let me plead with you, why not? Why not today? Why don't you come to him? And submit to him. He is a great shepherd. He will lead you on. He will forgive your sins when you uh, confess it to him. He will help you to start a new start. He will be able to lead you on in joy unspeakable. He is the wonderful counselor, the friend. He is mighty God. He is the prince of peace. And if you are a Christian today, are you like a mirror reflecting the light of Christ to others? Do you show the love of Christ to those who are around you? Do you have an opportunity to speak about what God has done for you?
and talk to him, uh, uh, to others. Well, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. People around us, they're living in utter darkness and they need this marvelous light, this gracious illumination uh, to be in their lives. They need the Savior, the wonderful Counselor. Amen. Amen.